What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Laying the Points with Farley Betts. Ho-ho-ho! We are fired up today on today's show because of what happened in week six. A lot of fucking nonsense in the NFL. Because I fucking love talking NFL and NFL betting as it is. So I know a few of my audience members, my listeners, like it when I get a little fired up. Well, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Laying the Points with Farley Betts, a weekly sports betting podcast where we mostly talk NFL and NBA betting during the NFL season. It's all NFL, and I'm with you every single week to go through every single game of the NFL from a sports betting perspective. My name is Chris R. Farley, a.k.a. at Farley Bets on Twitter and Instagram. Contest winner in 2021, Circa. Professional sports better now for three years on the public scene. Pretty damn good marks, 55 and 54% in the NFL and NBA, and over 200 units won over the last three years. Might have caught me on Vegas Insider, VEASAN, The Odds Breakers, Even Money with Ross Tucker. Or maybe you just listen to me every week here on Laying the Points with Farley Bet. You can also catch me, if you don't know already, at sportswagers.ca, where we put out all my free picks in the NFL and the NBA incoming. And of course, the BetUS NBA show is around the corner, and I will also be on that. Before I start this podcast today and talk football and sports betting, and, and hopefully the mic like hopefully i sound okay because this mic was giving me some issues some issues before the show but i think all is well now and before i get to the show i just want to say i just want to say thank you to a few of my listeners who reached out and gave me some nice affirmations about the way i started last week's podcast about what's going on in gaza and all the atrocities really between palestinians and Israelites, right? I mean, both sides, just just a really unfortunate situation going on right there. Uh, just heinous, heinous things. And we always have to keep that in perspective, right? I'm, I come from a military background. You know, I, I certainly got a taste of the more serious side of what can happen in this world. I'm a philosophy and theology major at heart. I'm a writer at heart. Uh, I love people. You know, studied psychology for a little bit, thought about a master's in psychology and was pursuing it at Penn before my now wife psychologist told me to not do that <laughs> in my in my early 30s, that it, it would just be a tremendous amount of work, which turned out meant to be because then I turned towards sports betting on the public scene and, and everything else. But the point is, I love people. Um, I want I want good in this world. I want harmony. And um the reality is there's a lot of shitty people in this world. There's a lot of shitty people in the sports betting community. <laughs> I can tell you that first and foremost, there's a lot of uh, terrible things that can happen in the name of God, in the name of beliefs and belief systems. Hell, I should have a theology podcast sometime. I would love to talk a little bit more about that background or that, or what I can bring to the table, I should say. But appreciate those who reached out. My heart goes out to everybody over there, especially the families and the innocent who are suffering and, you know, have, have family members who have died. We should continue to keep these things at, in the, you know, in the center of our, our focus and our prayers. So 
I got a lot going on. You know, I, you probably heard me on Twitter and the kind of things I've been saying recently. So sometimes it's hard for me to think about everything in these podcasts, but I appreciate that for my listeners. And I appreciate any listeners, however you feel listening to me, listening to this podcast every week, because it is a lot of me. I, don't, I haven't had any guests on. I haven't really had time to organize it, but it's just me not getting paid for this. My, my payment is the love of the game and hopefully transferring some really solid sports betting information for you every single week as you navigate betting the tremendously tough market that is the NFL. And now before I get to this week's slate of games, I just want to mention a few things that I've noticed and that, you know, they're, they're a part of my handicap and my sports betting approach that I encourage everyone to consider. Uh, first of all, just volatility and not being able to trust certain teams. We have to consider not only like insane penalties and the effect that refs have in the game, although that's that's really hard to predict, but we have to consider teams that rarely ever show consistency in performance, right? That make a lot of mistakes, that show a lot of undisciplined product in their games every week. Teams like the Chargers, right? Like the Chargers could have easily won that game against the Cowboys. A lot of holding calls, nine penalties, 79 yards. Bonehead coaching decisions again by Brandon Staley. And that's a big reason why we faded them in that spot. Not to mention the fact that Dallas is really good after a loss. But the Cowboys after a win, like look at Mike McCarthy on the sideline. After that win, a little too happy for my liking, right? Dak Prescott, he's being interviewed takes a big breath of, you know, like a sigh of relief. It just, the Cowboys, they win a lot. They can embarrass teams. But after a win, like when perception of them is high is when I start to get scared about betting on the Cowboys. Because I think Mike McCarthy is just one of those coaches that's like he's not hard enough on his players. And so they kind of forget how to stay focused. And, you know, grown-ass men, a lot of these guys are still kids. They need those reminders, right? Mistake-prone teams like the Raiders, the Bears, the Broncos, the Falcons have been up and down. Looked consistent at first, not so much. The Saints and Dennis Allen, not sure how great of a coach he is. The Steelers, after a win, are in a sleepy spot, kind of like the Cowboys. The Steelers can really let down. The Commanders are extremely up and down. The Giants, I think they have a good coaching staff. I don't think it's on Brian Dayball, but the lack of talent, the lack of on-field leadership that we see every week. Lord knows the Patriots. These are things as far as consistency and performance or lack thereof and volatility. You can expect more variance, more volatility from those teams, and you have to identify them. Another aspect that I'm thinking a lot about is coaches and how they need to be people, people, right? Like Brandon Staley, I know I kind of make fun of him because he's like, he looks like he's 140 pounds soaking wet, even with that big dumb beard that he has in the sidelines. But you can just tell that Staley does not relate to these players. Like he's not a player's coach. He thinks he's a genius defensively. It hasn't amounted to much. I mean, the Chargers defense has been consistently in the bottom third of the NFL in three seasons that, that he's been coach. Compare that to someone like Dan Campbell. And it's not just about like size. But Dan Campbell was a football player, looks like a football player, looks like somebody who might still be able to play, and he's a motivator. 
right? Like he's a people person. Mike Tomlin is the same way. Bill Belichick might be increasingly not so much a relatable coach. Mike McDaniel is a rare cat, kind of dorky, but guys love him, right? Gets along with everybody, gets it. He, he understands culture and how to enculture a team. Andy Reid is a dad, and he's the dad that has to say tough things to his players when he has to, but he mostly encourages and knows how to motivate his players. He's, a, he's just a great dad figure. Mike McCarthy, also kind of a dad figure, but I think he's just a little too soft. You know, he's the dad that lets the kids stay up late, stay out late, get away with a little bit too much and still give them money. And that's why Dallas, in my opinion, that that kind of coaching staff, that kind of culture creates lapses in performance. And then when it's not present, like you can have a coach like that if you have unbelievable leadership on the field. Like if you had, if you had a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning on the field. And Dak Prescott, I think, is a good leader most of the time. Like he's a man's man. But as far as getting in his players' asses, you don't see that, right? Like you see players talking shit to Dak Prescott preseason. Remember that whole thing with uh, Trayvon Diggs, I believe it was? Matt Eberflus doesn't seem like he knows what he's, what he's doing out there. Sean Payton might be over his head. The jury is still out on Arthur Smith. Of course, he hasn't had a great quarterback there with the Falcons, but maybe he doesn't know how to how to choose a quarterback. Like he doesn't know not enough about that position to create a consistently productive situation. Ron Rivera seems uninterested. Someone like Kyle Shanahan is a football guy, commands immediate respect because of the legacy that him and his father now have in the league. But we have to think about these coaches and the kind of cultures that they establish or lack thereof And that does affect and should affect your handicap every week because you can't trust them as much, right? Like you can't trust the Chargers. You can't trust the Saints or the Raiders or the Broncos or even some of these good teams like the Cowboys after a win or maybe after multiple wins. I trust them a little bit less. It's a part of my handicap. And on top of that, on top of the lack of really solid motivators and people, people, coaches. There's not a lot of special quarterbacks in the league anymore. Like, I know you've probably heard it a lot this week, but Justin Herbert, like, he needs to do more. He needs to stand out more. He needs to will his team to win. The timing of some of his throws, off. Kind of looks down, kind of quiet. Like, let's fucking go, Justin Herbert, who just got a fat-ass contract. Get your ass Fired up for your team. Your team will respond. Guarantee it. It happens every time. If, you know, soft little fluffy Eli Manning got fired up, oh, the whole team would also get fired up because that's their quarterback, right? Like that's the quarterback that they pay. They're supposed to take them to the Super Bowl. You're supposed to be a leader. But like how many truly elite quarterbacks do we have in this league week to week? Jalen Hurts, good leader, good mentals. Mm-hmm. Without an ideal situation, I don't think he's elite. I don't think Dak is elite unless he's hyper-motivated and hyper-focused after a loss. I think it's Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, and Lawrence. Period. That's it. And you know what? A kid like C.J. Stroud, he might be getting there. right? There, There are some other quarterbacks in this league, young quarterbacks who might be getting there. 
Jared Goff has certainly done nothing wrong this season. But this this coach and quarterback tandem, this combination, this contextual combination of quarterback and coach is the most important thing week to week and should be the most important thing in your handicap. And if there are patterns of behavior that you see where that coach and that quarterback singularly or or both of them combined struggle in certain situations or against certain defenses, that's what you want to think about when you're handicapping these games because that has the single biggest effect on these games. Okay, with that, let's get to these games. A full week seven slate. Well, not a full one, 13 games, six teams on a bye. But let's start with the Jaguars and Saints. Thursday night football looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to play, and that's why this line has come down from three to one. I wish I got the three. I think that would have been a nice bet. I understand why the Saints are favored, though. They are back at home. The Jaguars defense, I still don't think is very good. Right? They like they're playing better, but that doesn't mean that they're a, a, a truly good defense. Derek Carr, they put up a lot of yards last week. It just didn't amount to much. They're moving the ball. Just couldn't finish those drives. At home, this talent has had time to work together. It's a it's a tough spread, like virtually a pick'em, and the Jaguars have been playing well. But I would lean as ugly as it is to the Saints and maybe a, a really great defensive effort, and maybe we get more out of their offense. The Jaguars are that team, like maybe of any team not named the Lions. The Jaguars are that team to keep an eye on as an ascending team. But that also means that they're going to make mistakes. They're going to trip over themselves sometimes. They're not going to always play consistently well like a Chiefs, or maybe like we're going to start to see the Bengals, or like we mostly see from the Bills or the 49ers. Lean Saints in that one. Lions and Ravens. Lions, three-point underdogs. A lot of us are mystified by this line, right? Like the Lions are playing really well. That's what kind of scares me about picking the Lions this Sunday is because you almost figure that this line would be moving at least in favor of the Lions, right? Like the Sharps agree that this should stay at three in favor of the Ravens. The Ravens don't really have that big of a situational advantage. I mean, they're coming back from a full week in London. And as far as a mature operation goes, like which operation is more mature? I think that might be the Lions at this point. I mean, they're not making a lot of mistakes. Their defense is extremely legit. Like it's not just Aiden Hutchinson. It's Alex Anzalone. Brian Branch might be back. Their secondary is playing well. Their linebackers are playing well. They're getting pressure from guys other than Aiden Hutchinson, the Ravens also have very good defense, very consistent all year, really good against the run, just like the Lions are. That, that might be a problem for the Ravens in this game because the Lions have been very, very good against the run. Second in the NFL, I believe, 3.3 yards per carry allowed. Um, so it, 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 it scares me because of the way the line is just sitting there. Right. Like we don't know what the Sharps know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes of these teams. You maybe local beat reporters are saying things that we should be paying attention to. We might want to look at those local local articles and local reports because that can tell you a lot about these teams. But it's going to be windy. It's going to be crappy. I don't know if it's going to be crappy. It might be sunny and 60 degrees in Baltimore, but it's going to be windy. It's going to be a chill in the air. And maybe they're thinking the Lions play in a dome on the road. In uh, 
grimy old Baltimore. Listen, I love Baltimore. Okay, so when I say grimy, you know, I'm talking about gritty, right? That's what I mean. It's gritty. It's a gritty city. I lived in Baltimore for five years. Okay, so I don't want any fucking Baltimore people, you know, messaging me on on Twitter. By the way, Baltimore, good-looking town. If you're a single guy, good-looking town. Trust me. Anyway, sneaky, sneaky line in favor of the Ravens here, and it kind of scares me away. Lean to the under in this game as well um, because I do think the weather and the way these two defenses are playing is probably going to take over. Bills and Patriots. Why do I want to take the Patriots <laughs> again in this game? I, I got the Patriots last week. They should have covered. They got a safety at the end. They didn't cover. We all know that it happened by now. We've all heard everybody ranting and raving about it on Twitter. It was absolutely disgusting. It 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 creates a pit in our stomachs, does it not? But those are typically the situations where you want to bet on a team. Patriots back at home. Bills defense still a little injured, like they didn't get as much pressure as they usually do last week against an offensive line for the Giants that's not very good, right? And we saw the Giants compete really well against the Bills when the Giants haven't looked very good. Nine points is a lot in the AFC East. This game is going to matter to Bill Belichick. Lean Patriots. How gross is that? Commanders of the Giants. I kind of want to take the Giants here just to win straight up maybe because they played well last week. The Giants defense showing a lot. Some players really starting to shine on that Giants defense. Their linebacking crew at safety. They got that slot corner that can come in and play really well if we get his name. But if the Giants can start to garner pressure, and they should be able to get some pressure and sacks on Sam Howell, because that is not a good offensive line. Second worst in the NFL. Guess who's first? The New York Giants. <laughs> so there might be a lot of sacks in this game. Um, but I think it kind of sets up well for the Giants. They've dominated this series for the past five years, except for in 2021. But that was the you know, the Joe Judge era for the Giants, like everything was going down the toilet. Um, but this this is a, also a sneaky line at plus two, kind of hinting that the Giants could win this game. The money line is going way down. It's plus 105, even at plus two. Just some, some market signals that the Giants might be the right side. Browns at the Colts. This one is really tough for me because I kind of like the Colts off a loss. I like Gardner Minshew in another starting role in yet another game as he plays in place of Anthony Richardson, who might be out for the season as far as I don't know if there's a uh, a new report on if he's getting that surgery or not, but it sounds like he might be out for the season. Brown's obviously coming off an absolutely stellar performance at home against the 49ers. That defense really showing out. But we can't ignore the up and down nature of the NFL. We also can't ignore the emotional, like, drop down that can happen after a big emotional win like that, or the emotional letdown, I guess I should say. Um, lean Colts, lean Colts at home. They play well at home. They also have a pretty good defense. They actually have a quarterback. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with. Deshaun Watson at quarterback, and it's it's kind of weird right now. Like his, his his agents are saying weird things. Another kind of gross one. Sometimes you got to be gross. The Colts plus three. I'm not going to talk about the Raiders and the Bears. I'm really sorry to Raiders and Bears fans. Obviously, if Jimmy G can play, I would lean Raiders here because the Bears don't have 
a real quarterback right now. That you know, that backup came in. He, he looked like shit last week against a good, not great Vikings defense. But uh, I, I guess I would rather you know trust uh, Max Crosby and the Raiders. But there, there's really not much to say about this game. I don't trust the Raiders. You heard me at the top of this show talk about that organization and what they show you week to week and how inconsistent they are. Bears are the same way. It's really hard to create solid angles on this game. Falcons at the Bucks, another weird one, right? Because the Bucks should the Bucks be favored? I guess like these are the situations where the Bucks have won games, right? Like they beat good mediocre teams, right? Like they can't beat the the really good teams, right? Like Philly came to Tampa, stomped them. Detroit came to Tampa, stomped them. Falcons coming to wait, what did I say? Detroit came to Tampa and stopped them. I think I might have said the opposite. Anyway. Atlanta coming to Tampa, divisional game, Atlanta off a loss. You know, you kind of want to play on Atlanta in that situation, but Desmond Ritter's doing some some bad things, man. And this could be a game where the Tampa Bay defense eats. Baker Mayfield, regardless of how good he truly is, he really he has swagger out there. He has confidence. Uh, you know, I could see him playing well in a redemptive spot. Now it's under three. I kind of lean Tampa, and it's gross. Let's put it that way. Steelers at the Rams. Another really tough one because the Steelers are off a bye. I haven't looked into how well they've performed off a bye, but I'm guessing under Mike Tomlin is pretty damn good, right? Like it's one of those things where I don't know the exact data point, but something tells me that I've written it before in various articles, and I'm sure Mike Tomlin is pretty good off a bye as the Pittsburgh Steelers coach. But I do think the Rams are the better team. They have a better quarterback. The defense is playing well enough. Now they legitimately have like multiple wide receiver threats that most secondaries can't handle, right? I mean, Puka Nakua is the real deal. Cooper Cup is back. Uh, Like they kind of have a talented offense now. It's just really about can that offensive line keep Matthew Stafford safe with TJ Watt breathing down their back all game that's again is probably going to be the difference maker in this game and if the Steelers cover or win so it's it's tough um three is the right number I'll just put it that way so no real lean in this one Cardinals and Seahawks we're seeing this line drop and drop in favor of the Cardinals I think it was as high as nine or nine and a half I know that it was eight and a half at one point um the thing that really sticks out to me here and that's kind of weird about this line moving down in favor of the Cardinals Two things. James Conner is a huge part of this offense. He was running like a man possessed. And then he got injured, right? And we saw last week, Cardinals had a running back committee, 83 yards from the running backs, 130 yards total because of Josh Dobbs, but 83 yards from the running backs, not very productive, like just over three yards per carry. And they're facing the number one running defense in the NFL. The Falcons, I believe, allowed like 3.2 yards per carry. And so if they can't establish any kind of run and Josh Dobbs doesn't have the play action pass and they're going into Seattle, like this line is teasing us a little bit, isn't it? Like, ah, Seahawks are going to blow out the Cardinals, right? Right. Are they? I think they might. Seven and a half is a lot of points and the Cardinals have been really formidable, but now they're starting not to cover. They've allowed 33 points per game in their last three games. This this could be a Seattle blowout. That's that's the side that I would lean. Chargers and Chiefs. 
I'm going to give out a free play here because if you haven't already read it at sportswagers.ca and you can, I have a full write-up that has more details at sportswagers.ca that you can read. But I've, you know, I put this out immediately to my premium customers. I got a six, still like it at five and a half, although six is an increasingly important key number. Okay. And for those of you, again, who don't know, key numbers just mean like that's the margin of victory that games land on more than any other. Three is the most important one or the most prevalent one, followed by seven, followed by six. Six is an important number. If you can get a six and, and this minus five and a half in the cheese has been a little juiced all week, so it could move up to six. If you can get a six on the Chargers, that's really good. I still like it at five and a half. Justin Herbert has been lights out, especially at Arrowhead in his three seasons with the Chargers, 10 touchdowns, one interception, you know, 900-something yards or like over 1,000 yards, something like that. Um, pretty mistake-free football. He's comfortable there. And the Chargers match up and play well against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, listen, they're still the Chiefs. It's still Mahomes. Their defense has improved. But they really are kind of limited on offense sometimes, always throwing it to Kelsey. And the Chargers have a defense that could limit Kelsey. Like they could double cover him or just like, you know, have a spy on him or something. I don't know, man. The Chargers have played all these games close. Herbert is 2-1 and one at Arrowhead. In their last two games last season, the Chargers lost both, but only by a three-point margin. They're coming off a loss. The Chargers cannot go 2-4. and four. I mean, they might, and they, you know, they probably will. It's still at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. But if they go 2-4 and four in this division, and then the Chiefs go 6-1, and one, like night night termite, you know, like you're not you're not catching up to the Chiefs. So I expect the Chargers and Herbert, who's coming off a performance where he got a lot of criticism, to play their asses off in this game. I love the Chargers. Love, love at plus six, still love it at plus five and a half. Packers, Broncos. I would lean to the Packers here just because they're off a of bye. They got you know an additional week to work on things. No team allows more rushing yards than the Denver Broncos. Aaron Jones has an extra, he had an extra week of rest. Should come into this one feeling good, feeling energized. He's a damn good running back when he's healthy. The Packers want to lean on that run game. And, and you know, the Packers defense is kind of young and energetic. The only way I can look in this game is the Packers. Not sure if I'm going to make it an official play just yet. Dolphins and Eagles. Dolphins plus two at Philly. Totals at 52. You kind of want to bet on Philly here, don't you? Because Philly and Jalen Hurts coming off that awful three-interception game. Philly letting the Jets win that game at the end. I mean, really the Jets had no – you know, the Jets fought hard. Their defense played really well in the second half. But Philly still should have won that game. And they didn't, right? They, the first loss of the season. And now they're back at home and here come the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Philly defense still kind of figuring itself out a little bit, like not getting as many sacks as they should. I believe Jalen Carter is going to return, which just makes that defensive line even scarier when he's in there. But, you know, Dolphins might be able to keep up. Dolphins probably make a really good teaser leg here, but I, I kind of want to lean Philly and I want to lean to the under because I, you know, in Philly with that crowd, defense getting a little healthier, offensive line controlling the game. They can control the line of scrimmage, at least offensively with their run game. They should be able to at least. Um, strong lean to Philly in this situation, but 
obviously when it's the Dolphins who can put up 70 points on an NFL team, you know, you never feel that good about it. This just, you know, environmentally at night, right. Going to be chilly, windy in Philly. It kind of feels like a, a Philly win. 49ers at the Vikings. The 49ers are minus six and a half and it's juiced as if to say, bet on me, bet on me, bet this side. And I kind of want to, because <laughs> like the 49ers off that loss, uh, I know they're a little bit injured, but every one of those injuries, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Debo, they're not serious injuries, right? So at least hopefully like one or two of them can play. Even if none of them play, the 49ers have a lot of depth. Uh, Kirk Cousins is in prime time and we know how that can go. I expect their defense to kind of take over this game. Six and a half points as a road dog is a lot. And that's the only reason why I'm not, you know, jumping for joy about this. But I think you got to lean San Francisco. I always like to keep these podcasts 30 minutes. This one is no different in that 30 minute time frame, at least. So we're going to shut down this operation. You got a free pick on the Chargers. Check out my full write up on that game at sportswagers.ca. I appreciate all of you every single week. Yes, I was fucking fired up on today's show. You can expect more of that as we trudge through this busy, busy NFL season. There's just a lot of bullshit in the, in the world. There's just a lot of artificial people. There's a lot of crap going over, going on over there in you know, the Middle East and everywhere else. You know, And, and it's just, man... Sometimes it's tough, isn't it? Sometimes it's tough each and every week to produce and produce and produce and to be consistent. But I love doing this for you. I love doing this podcast. Hopefully you glean some great information from this. Appreciate all of my followers and listeners. You know, this is a, a cult following niche group here laying the points. And let's fucking keep it that way. Love y'all. Let's win some damn money. Farley bets. We out of here. <laughs>